Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. Uh, it is February 21st, 2019, and I'm your host, Tori. Remember, you can always find me here Monday through Friday, 12 noon to 2 p.m. So there's a lot that we can talk about today. And, you know, I hate beating to the drum of the media, but I wish to address uh, this whole Jussie Smollett thing. Because in January and the beginning of February, I talked about it, kind of just skirted around it, saying, you know, it's kind of funny how we have this lynching bill, kind of funny how it's all coming out. And just on that note, it's kind of funny we suddenly have a U.S. Coast Guard officer who's a racist that comes up in the ranks. And um, you can't really seem to find a lot about it. So this morning, I watched the press conference uh, from Chicago PD. Want to talk about that? Want to talk about Ocasio, Pelosi, and what's really going on, and how our president is just sitting back watching them cannibalize themselves. And then it makes me really, really wonder how conservative journalists or so called Make America Great Again journos and pundits are suddenly up in arms about some additional dossier, which makes me think two things. Do they not listen to the Peter Strzok, you know, testimony? Were they not paying attention or are they doing this intentionally to fuel things? Because we knew that there were three dossiers, not two, three of them. Two of them were very close in nature and one was separate talked about it back, back, back in the day, how Nellie Orr was the one that compiled the information. So we'll get to that too. I thought maybe before I jump in, oh, I wanted to tell you guys, I totally forgot. Uh, today I've, I, I am able to have my lines open for my full two hours. So feel free to call in 215-867-8255. That's 215-TOP-TALK. So I thought we could just take a look at our president's tweets so we can find out what he wants us to know today. Uh, You know, he tells us everything we need to know. He tells us everything there is to talk about. And, you know, he just tweeted about Jesse Smollett, hence why we're talking about it. So let's start with his first tweet of today, which is, I want 5G, and we're going to talk about it, and 6G technology in the United States as soon as possible. It is far more powerful, faster, and smarter than the current standard. American companies must step up their efforts or get left behind. There is no reason that we should be lagging on something that's so 
obviously the future. I want the United States to win through competition, not by blocking out currently more advanced technologies. We must always be the leader in everything we do, especially when it comes to the very exciting world of technology. Now, this is, this is curious. So 5G is like AI on tap. It's not been, I would say, thoroughly vetted by clinicians to see what issues it may cause to human beings. We do know that 4G and having your computer on your lap, you know, men... Men, listen carefully when you sit with your laptop on your lap, it causes issues with your swimmers. And same goes for women. There's infertility. I mean, remember, I've said this before, so I'll just restate it because some of you are new. Some of you may just happen to pop me on the radio in your car, but we are not a solid mass. We are a bunch, a clump of cells that work in unison and we have frequencies that we resonate on. And this is why we seem like, um, you know, a solid entity. We are just a bunch of cells and any disruptions in those frequencies, those connections, those communications, either that be tensegrity, either that be proximal, you know, um, um, mechanical, uh, proximity sensors, or just simply chemical sensing, you know, of the proximity that cells have within each other, it can be disrupted. So it's really important to note that. That's why, you know, when I see fruity people on TV where they're like with those singing bowls and they're like, and they like ding them and they kind of realign their chi, as they say, or, you know, help, you know, it, it makes the science is there to support that. Um, it looks funny. I've actually been to one. Okay. So, (laughs) so I have to admit, I did laugh really hard and the lady was kind of insulted, but she was like, using different color scarves and stuff. And she was digging the singing bowls and making sounds. So I just found it all comical. I was really relaxed and I was like, no, no, no. I want you to cleanse me. I want you to align my chi. It's just that I'm finding all of this just a little bit much, you know, with the scarves in bold colors being waved on me. And you know what? Again, all of that makes sense. Colors resonate certain feelings to us. The, um, slight touch of a fabric that's, you know, stimulates your, you know, your skin cells, the sound frequency. So I'm not mocking that it's dumb. It's just, I I thought it was, it was one of those where you just can't stop laughing. The part where you're crying and you're like, excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. That's what happened. Cause it was just all just too much. I'm I'm remembering it and I'm laughing. So anyway, What I'm saying is 5G is important that we actually examine the effects. And, you know, there's not enough time to examine it because, unfortunately, like the president said, technology has been stepping up really quick. And uh, one of my listeners actually sent me an article where the Washington Examiner started talking about who, guess who, Yang, because he's coming in. And no one is paying attention. 
He is the DNC secret weapon. All these clowns you see, Cory Booker, you know, it looks like he sucks his thumb and toes and he's so fake. And, you know, he and Jesse are kind of close. Um, Kamala Harris, another tool, you know, campaigning around with a mattress on her back. We have Elizabeth Warren, fake honest. I mean, all these people are just there to fatten up the DNC because they're broke. Then they have Bernie. Poor Bernie. I feel so bad for him. Because, you know, he should have just ran on a commie ticket. He shouldn't have even done the DNC because he raised them like, what, $5 million. All these people donated and they're still going to stiff him in the end because they don't want Bernie. And, you know, the crypt keeper, Bernie, he's got, you know, one and three quarters feet in the grave. Uh, Young Democrats don't want them. They want someone young. I mean, guys, pay attention. This Yang is dangerous. He fits every single um, wish list that, you know, a granola munching Birkenstock wearing, uh, you know, feminist gender studies, young adult, if you want to call them adult, would go for. He's young, approachable, successful, and talks their language. No one is getting it. And this is why the president is stepping this up. He doesn't want to look like a dinosaur because he's not. But he also knows that there's harm. So he's making it known because now they're pulling Yang out of the shadows. I said it was going to be late spring where it's going to be boom. You know, and it's part of it's very important that all of us have conversations uh, kind of like the caller yesterday when we were on the show with um in the matrix and shady groove where they're like well how do i red pill someone this is how you red pill them this is how you start conversations you start conversations of like okay so you don't like trump i get it you can't really point out what's wrong with him except oh i struggle with him you know or some oh he's racist but they really can't point to anything right they're gonna say muslim ban when it wasn't you know talking points This is where you can start with Yang. The fact that he's promising these losers a thousand dollars a month and it's like, okay, if everybody gets an extra thousand, uh, inflation, hello, but none of them know anything about economics. I mean, they can't even do math due to common core. So the president is talking about 5g. He's right about saying about rural technology. I mean, I'm in North Dakota and they have the worst internet ever. And not only that, these little cities, because, you know, families run states. We know this even down in California. Imagine a little, little state like North Dakota. And it's not little in size, it's little in population. And they actually have monopolies. Like if you move somewhere, you can only have a landline with this company. And you're like, but they're, but they're no good. This company offers it. Uh, we don't care. That's the contract we have with this city. Uh, what, what are we, uh, hello, socialism much because again i say it again this is a red supposed state it is the bluest one you will ever see and you know what's fun the dnc convention is going to be held in my city this year i mean they can't even fill up a closet let's be honest and most of them are broke most of them don't work you know especially in my city it's asphyxiated we have like businesses closing down every single day um you know because the the families don't want people here they want to put their own people with the new oil boom. But anyway, uh, that's another story. So we're talking technology. He wants to put it up there. He's putting it out there because he knows Yang is coming. Our president isn't dumb. He can project things because remember, when President Trump 
talks. He talks about tomorrow. He doesn't talk about just today. He talks about tomorrow. He drops what you need to know for tomorrow. So 5G, big conversation, a lot of speculation, a lot of issues. I have hindrances. It's dangerous, you know? Uh, you know, they, even your Wi-Fi at home is a problem. You know, think about it. If you leave your phone, I do this sometimes, especially when I have conversations, we'll drive out into the middle of nowhere with friends, drop our phones off, grab cigarettes and our coffee and just walk far, far away from anything technology into a field and just sit there and talk. Within minutes of being far, far away from any technology, your body feels amazing because it gets insulted. You know, it's insulted by all these radio frequencies. It's, it's, it's fact. It's science, you know, done. But, you know, people are like, well, for that damage, it's okay. Well, it messes with apoptosis, messes with, you know, it causes cancer. I mean, I, I don't care what anyone says. If at that time when you're building that skin cell, frequency is disrupted, it could get stuck on the keep growing, you know, mechanism as the cell is growing. And that's what happens in cancer. It gets stuck. It doesn't remember to turn off the process. So, you know, that's, that's a whole other thing, but okay. So he talked about 5g, um, and that coincides with a lot of information being dropped about Yang and it's very subtle, very simple. And he's hitting States like Iowa, Kansas, Ohio, he's hitting the Bible belt. He's appealing to those people that may, that have voted for president Trump, but are on the fence because they're not seeing actions. Because remember these States, every single state is run by a group of people. No matter what state you go to, there's a handful of mobsters that work together in concert, right? And that's the people he is targeting. He's a genius. He's 44, serial entrepreneur, VC guy, you know, um, he is all about tech and he's trying to remedy the problem before it comes. He's telling people, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to learn how to code. We can't say that on Twitter though, especially to fire journalists because you get banned because it's hate speech, but that's what he's doing. He's saying, I'm going to mitigate the fact that truck drivers are no longer going to have jobs because we're going to use drones. I'm going to mitigate that the, you know, manufacturing companies will not be with humans. It'll be automated. So I'll fix that and I'll mitigate it. I'll train you. You'll get jobs like coding and I'll give you free money. This is important. Our president tells you what you need to know just from that. I mean, he hardly ever talks about technology like this, right? But he's talking about it. He's also talking about um, the wall that's under construction. We had a reporter, I don't remember his name, who actually showed the recently completed wall in New Mexico. So he's been building the wall. Everything else is just smoke and mirrors. Pelosi is losing her face implants because she's so upset with everything that's going on because he is killing her bread and butter, not only hers, but everybody else's. So they are out for blood, which is dangerous and scares me. It does because this, come on, you know, think about it. Let's pretend you were president Trump. You're super rich. You're very blatant. You're outgoing. You're smart. You're fair. You've got a great family, great grandkids, you know, you've got anything you want. You never carry your luggage. You're a bit of a germaphobe, right? Because he is. You like nice things. And you just want to sit in front of the TV 
on, maybe watch your favorite show and eat your Big Mac and have your Diet Coke and two scoops of ice cream. Something simple like that he can't even do. He has to have someone try the Big Mac in every section, test it, and trust that when he tests it, that they test it correctly. Someone has to drink his Diet Coke or make sure that there's no holes in it, nothing was put in it. That ice cream, he needs to have people taste it for him, check it for him, chemical consistencies, and he has to trust that those tests aren't tampered with or there's no magician sleight of hand thing going on. Just that simple action of him wanting to sit down on the couch and eat his favorite snacks is difficult. Now imagine him traveling. Imagine every time he goes to a press conference. Imagine when he flies and there's rockets in the air. This is the reality of our president's life. I feel so bad. And sometimes I wonder, like, where does he get the strength? Where? Even people in the White House are viciously against him because they're told to. Kind of like Jesse Smollett. These manufactured, polarizing, weave the fabric, as Comey says, actions. They loathe our president because he is taking away their cash cow. And the cash cow is you, me. They don't want him. He's just in the way. They want to remove him because he's in the way. I mean, think of just how crazy it is to be Donald Trump right now. He could have been relaxing. He could have been doing anything else. Instead, people, you know, just they they talk so low of a man who has, you know, made so many people rich. They speak so, uh, it just makes your stomach turn what they do to him. And to think that he has to keep looking over his shoulder. You know, how does he sleep? You know, what does Baron think of this? Because he's young. He's the same age as my daughter. By the way, my daughter swears she's going to marry him. So that's hilarious. She's been saying it for like years now. When she saw him uh, once in passing, she was like, oh, mom, I'm totally going to marry him. And I was like, well, how's you like lose some baby teeth first and we'll talk. Um, it, It really does scare me. And the attacks, as you can see, that he has to sustain and that he has to, you know, protect himself from are nothing close to the attacks that we as people are under. Jussie Smollett is just an example. So um, a lot of people that are very close to me know that I know a lot of people in the entertainment industry, more of the old Hollywood. Okay. Um, and that was, um, due to some family, family kind of connection ish. Um, you know, when Kevin Hart was crucified for having, you know, stand-up comedy bashing gay black men or, you know, if my kid's gay, I'm going to smack him over the head. He's not allowed to play with Barbie castles. You need to nip it in the bud kind of thing. And it's comedy. Doesn't mean it's right, but 
anyone that knows black American culture knows that that totally is exactly how their culture is. So, and that was from like 2000, right? We're talking 2000, 1999. Uh, We could dig up stuff that Eddie Murphy said. We could dig up stuff that Whoopi Goldberg said. But they targeted Kevin. Why? Tell you why? Because he's a conservative. Everybody doesn't get it. And, you know, Don Lemon went on this, you know, rant about how shameful it is and how dare he. And he didn't apologize. And we investigated. Oh, yeah, he had addressed those. And his apology-ish on, in Rolling Stone, I think, that Kevin Hart made back in 2015 was, you know, I can't make jokes like, you know, gay bashing or anything like that. Because times are sensitive now. You can't even crack a joke. And, you know, where were the times where I used to be able to go through the drive through at McDonald's and when they asked me how I want my coffee, I'd say Puerto Rican and they knew what I said and they knew it wasn't racist. It meant I wanted it tan and sweet. You know, they say black, white. They can't even say that now. Do you want it with or without milk? You know, it's like we're changing everything to because people are just overly sensitive. The end train in New York is the rice train. We all know that L is the curry train. Come on guys. Like why can't we poke at each other's fun? Seriously. Why? Why can't we do it anymore? Because it's not allowed to, because they need to condition you. They need to, um, uh, reduce the ability of free speech and what is tolerated. You see what I mean? This has been happening over years. Remember, small changes over time yield huge results, and this is it. So, you know, I was watching a clip of Don Lemon going off on Kevin Hart. Um, I want to play that little portion of it. Um, Because it... It really, really struck a chord with me because, you know, who does he think he is taking this actor? um, And I'll read you the tweets that um, that they supposedly, you know, unearthed and were so horrific. It was. um, okay. so this one was from August. Oh, 2009 one. LMAO. That's why you sweat for no reason. He spelled that wrong. You fat faced. F-A-G. And then um, he said, why does Damien W. profile pic look like a gay billboard for AIDS? Boom, I'm on fire tonight. Uh, He tweeted, yo, if my son comes home and tries to play with my daughter's dollhouse, I'm going to break it over his head and say in my my voice, stop, that's gay. So these are the tweets he said over 10 years ago, right? We're talking over 10 years ago. And, you know, they wanted to crucify him. And apparently the Oscars told him that he had, you know, an opportunity to make this okay. And in order to make it okay, you have to apologize. Listen to this clip. Honestly, feel free to send it our way and we will handle it. It is true that some of his old jokes had been addressed. In 2015, Kevin told Rolling Stone that he wouldn't tell homophobic jokes anymore. He said that he wouldn't tell them anymore because, and this is a quote, the times weren't as sensitive as they are now. That's true. Sensitivity, though, is not an apology. Oh, my gosh. And remember, he said the Academy gave him an ultimatum. Apologize or don't host the Oscars. So I just got a call from the Academy, and um, 
that call basically said, Kevin, apologize for your tweets of old, or we're going to have to move on and find another host. Talking about the tweets in 2009-2010. I chose to pass. I passed on the apology. The reason why I passed is because I've addressed this several times. Okay, so when given an opportunity to apologize again, Kevin said he wouldn't, so no Oscars. So basically what Kevin did was he didn't kiss the ring. They wanted him to humiliate himself, to go on an apology tour, because everyone now is sensitive. And, you know, Don says, well, I belong to that community. I'm gay and I'm black, and this is, like, so offensive for what you said 10 years ago. Guys, what I've said 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when I was five, I mean, maybe we should all dig up old, like, quotes from people when they were kids and then hold it against them. Because, you know, we did that with Kavanaugh, how he went out with his friends and was drinking beers and laughing, right? Like, who drinks beers in college? You know, who does that in high school, right? Insane. So maybe, you know, uh, we should just pull up, you know, things from everybody's past and say, well, you did it 40 years ago. Well, you know, times change. You used to be able to say, I'd like my coffee Puerto Rican. Now you can't even say, do you want your coffee black? Because people will be like, that's racist. You know, this is where we're at. Times change. Sensitivity changes. The reason I am mentioning this is because after this break, I am going to talk just about Jesse Smollett and Don Lemon. Because Don Lemon and him have a very close connection. And uh, more close is Don Lemon's relationship with the prosecutor that recused herself in Chicago. So I'm telling you this. Yeah. No one else is reporting this. Watching it. Seeing it. So this is a huge uh, orchestrated event. And you hear him admitting how he orchestrated it. And so I'll play that video. See, because kind of like McCabe, he admitted on TV that they were investigating President Trump as a citizen and, and then as a candidate because he said we were investigating him as then candidate. Now he's suddenly president. So I had to open a counterintelligence on the president. He had to change it. You see what I mean? See, swamp monsters always pull their own pants down. So we're going to start with Don Lemon today and Jesse Smollett. And then in the second hour, I'm going to tell you stuff about Pelosi and AOC that will blow your mind. I'll see you all in a few. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa. Play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this. Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 
855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 961 Promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. Remember, you can always find me on Twitter and Gab at Tori underscore says. I mean, if you want to look at what I cook and my dog, you can follow me on Instagram, too, at at Tori Says. Uh, and obviously, my latest writings, and I've been very slow on putting things out because, you know, things that I put out are relevant to things that are to come. And why I say this is because if you look, I, I, I mentioned it yesterday. I wrote an article about Pelosi and her containers and just so happens that containers were confiscated in Australia with three tons of meth. And, you know, I'm just saying, take a read and you can see why she has skin in the game. And, and, and the cool, the thing is, is that <laughs> when I write my articles, it's usually an article within an article. So it starts with something, but it leads you where I want you to be. So you can see exactly what we need to be doing, like pulling their financials. Okay. So like I said, let's talk Jesse Smollett. The president just tweeted about it and his tweet is exactly what should be said, which is, you know, what about the, the make America great again and the tens of thousands of tens, tens of millions of people you insulted with your racist and dangerous comments? Hashtag MAGA. That's right. He's right. Take a listen uh, just a little bit before we get into Don Lemon, Kamala, and Cory Booker. Because if you guys remember, the day after the event happened and he was crying, what did I say? So funny that he's being lynched, right? And we've got this lynching bill, right? I said it so many times because people don't seem to understand these false flags, kind of like this U.S. Coast Guard that we hear nothing of, right? We're just hearing a lot and there's no substance and we can't find anything. So again, we need to be paying attention. Like I say, stand on the moon and look down and it all makes sense. And you know what? In those redacted record phone records, 
I would play some really huge bets that Valerie Jarrett's phone number is somewhere in there. You know, she does live with Obama. She's his handler. Okay, let's take a listen to what uh, the presser this morning was saying. Completely new direction. Uh, you've heard some of the statements that that uh, their lawyer, Ms. Schmidt, has made, and and it was at that time that we took the information that these two individuals provided to us, and we substantiated the timeline and the details that they gave to us in this interview. We were able to substantiate those things. We worked very, very closely with the state's attorney's office. We had been working very, very closely with the state's attorney's office for over a week at that point. And it was, it was then on the 15th, Friday the 15th, after, after approximately 47 hours uh, of them being in custody and hours of them meeting with us and telling us their story and documenting their story, did we release them without charging and I classified them no longer as suspects or persons of interest and as witnesses. So as is typical with any investigation, one would typically lock uh, these witnesses into a grand jury statement. Monday was a holiday, the 18th. Tuesday was the first day that we could, we could uh, attempt to do that. So we scheduled, we scheduled a, a appointment with the grand jury, working again very closely with the state's attorney's office in this. And as you know, at the last minute, uh, uh, Jesse's lawyers called and said that they had uh, evidence to postpone the grand jury that they wanted to provide to us. It was at that time that they called us and I met uh, with them, with a team of our detectives, and uh, essentially they gave us no new information. So I reported that back to the state's attorney's office and it was at that time that we, we locked in both of these witnesses to the grand jury they, I'm told they did, a, did an excellent job, and then the state's attorney's office approved charges against Jesse for the Class 4 disorderly conduct false police report. We met with, the, with Jesse's attorneys, and we arranged for him to turn himself in, and as you all know, he turned himself in at 5 o'clock this morning in the 1st District in Chicago. Today at 1.30, uh, Jesse will be going in front of a bond court judge, and uh, the bond court hearing will be conducted at 26 in California. Okay. Say again. Well, it was uneventful. Uh, he showed up, of course, with his attorneys and a few other individuals, but it, it went smoothly. Because that's typically what we do. Once we once we believe that witnesses are valuable witnesses and credible, then we take them to the grand jury to lock their testimonies in. You said that he sent that false letter to himself. You also said that he was dissatisfied with his salary. Did you get that information from the two brothers? Yes. What were the subpoenas and search warrants issued against? 
Well, a, a number of individuals. You know, we served subpoenas and warrants, of course, on um, Mr. Smollett, um, his manager for phone records, uh, the two people of interest that we had. And so we still have quite a few search warrants and subpoenas out there that we're waiting so to come back. Talk about the, you talked about the tactics and the amount of resources that went into this case. Can you quantify how many man hours went into this, how many detectives worked in this case, and also can you confirm that detectives working in the case on the February 7th shooting that one day, the matter? We didn't pull resources from any shootings or homicide investigations. The detectives that you see behind me basically work on different teams, uh, which include property crimes and things of that nature. Uh, we don't have the exact numbers yet, but let me, let me just tell you all this. Anytime a hate crime is reported in the city of Chicago, it gets the same attention. This didn't get any special attention. You all gave this more attention uh, specifically than we do. We all right. So that was the important stuff that we needed to listen to. Uh, these brothers uh, did this. I can tell you from listening to the presser where they gave the timeline of events. Uh, they did this whole BS attack. Uh, the scratches and, you know, the bruising on the face were most likely self-inflicted. And then they left uh, with a cab. Then they walked. Then they went somewhere else. They found everything. The FBI is involved, too. This is huge. Because this is all going to lead back to the Democrats. So it's glorious because they thought that they could get away with it because it's Chicago. It's Obamaland. But you know what? The FBI is no longer yours, Cabal. And so they found him. They saw they, they found the two brothers. They saw they flew to Nigeria while they were in Nigeria. They were still in contact with Smollett. Right. Jesse Smollett, not Jesse, Jesse. Um, how extra. Right. And um, then they came back. So this is why, you know, they didn't freak out about it. And they had a 48 hour hold and they decided last minute on the 47th hour, as they claim to come forward, they didn't charge him because they were actually victims. See, remember, uh, one of them worked as an extra on the show Empire. So they relied on his clout as an actor and a regular on the show to get them work. Remember that. So he used his influence over them and said, do this for me and it'll all work out. We're buddies. We're this, we're that. Now let's talk about really close friends like Don Lemon. So Don Lemon yesterday was on CNN saying, um, and then he felt that he needed to address what he said, which is, you know, uh, the court of public opinion and him talking was what killed his case. Ha. Huh. So he's like, he shouldn't have talked. He shouldn't. Have. But here's the thing, Don, you know, you talk a lot too. And so the concern here is, is that you were in on this while the dude was in the hospital right after the attack. So how is it his fault when you put it on the horn? Cause you immediately spoke with his friend that was by his side and you spoke with Jesse and you're so hurt but, you know, you reprimanded saying it should have been done. It was done wrong in the court of public opinion. And, no, oh, we might have jumped. But, you know, if he would have played it smarter, then it would have been better for him. I, I kid you not, the video's out there. But what I want us to focus on is what he says on his show last night. Night, I'm Don Lemon. Listen, I, I just want to talk about these stunning developments tonight in the Jussie Smollett story. The story that everyone is talking about, and I know people have been wondering 
what I had to say about it, but here it is. So everybody gather around the television set. The Empire star, that's who he is, Jussie Smollett, who claimed that he was the victim of a racist homophobic attack in Chicago on January 29th. He is now being charged with disorderly conduct. Specifically, they say the filing is uh, a, for filing a false police report. That's a class four felony. That is according to the state's attorney's office, okay? So detectives are working on negotiating what they call a reasonable surrender for his arrest. Here's what we know. When they do that, what that means is they're trying to get him back to Chicago so that they can arrest him, which will no doubt happen and probably tomorrow, okay? If not tonight. This is what we know. It was the early morning hours of January 29th. Smollett had just gotten back to Chicago, posting on Instagram that he had just spent seven hours on a plane for a flight that was supposed to take only two hours. He told the police that as he was walking back from a sandwich shop, the subway sandwich shop, that two men attacked him, putting a rope around his neck and, quote, yelling out racial and homophobic slurs and pouring an unknown chemical substance on him. This was all in the Streeterville neighborhood where he had been staying. I know that neighborhood very well. I worked there for three years at the NBC Tower in Streeterville. So I know it very, very, very well. In a supplemental interview with authorities, Smollett confirmed what he had already been, what had already been reported in the media, claiming that one of the attackers also shouted, this is MAGA country. In those early morning hours of the 29th, Smollett took himself to Northwestern Memorial Hospital with a friend. And as you may know, Jussie is gay. And since 2015, he has played a gay character, Jamal Lyons, on Empire. Here's where the confession comes in. So it's a little bit personal for me, and I'll tell you why, because that's when I met him. I was asked to come on the show, play myself in a little cameo. I got, he said, he introduced himself and he said, I, I'm a big fan of, you know, I love your work. It's good to have you here on the set. Very nice guy. We chatted for a couple times after that. I saw him maybe when he came to New York a couple times. Yeah, chatted. I know him. Not best friends, but I do know him. We know what kind of friends. So I spoke to him while he was at the hospital. His friend who was there texted me in the middle of the night and said, hey, this happened to Jussie. I called a friend. The friend happened to be there. And he, Jussie, he said, oh, Jussie's here. Here's the phone. So he told me in his own words what he said happened. But I've also got to tell you, to be quite honest, that a lot of people, including people in the community, people of color and gay people, had questions about this from the very beginning. Okay, so now Don Lemon is on his apology tour saying, well, it was really cold and no one would do that in Chicago and whatnot. But what he did was he admitted that he was one of the first journalists to know about this. See, this was all well orchestrated. Very well orchestrated. And now he's taking the heat for it because guess who told all the other reporters? Yes, it was Don Lemon. So he needs to apologize, but he also needs to say how, well, people were skeptical. We didn't hear any of that on CNN, did we? Did we hear about skepticism? No, but we did hear about this lynching bill. 
We did hear about how traumatic this is and how Trump incites all this violence and how all of us that support a duly elected president that proudly wear our red caps that say make America great again, which is a form of putting our voice out there with what visuals are all racist. This is what the fake news did. This is what Jussie Smollett did. A false report? No, no, no. This is a hate crime. A hate crime against over 65 million people. Because remember, they cheated us out of votes. Kamala Harris also admitted that there's over 11 million in her state that are illegal immigrants. Oh, my gosh. Let's take that away from Hillary Clinton's voting where she won the supposed majority, right? And then let's take away a couple million of fake ballots, double votes, etc. Yeah. So it kind of so the majority, so what Jussie did was a hate crime against a nation. Against American citizens that voted for a president. This is not acceptable. It is not acceptable that it's just a false report. We understand it went through grand jury because the FBI was involved. I mean, how else are you going to get facial recognition, know that they're at the airport, get all this, uh, you know, uh, Uber or Lyft, you know, information. Chicago PD has camera pods. And if you listen to the full interview, they tell you how awesome it is that they can monitor you everywhere. And how they got a hold of private, you know, video streams and whatnot that were in the area to kind of piece together a timeline. So it's very, very interesting just how quick this happened. And, you know, the prosecutor that recused herself, she's all over this in the beginning for Jesse, but she had to remove herself. Why? Because she was at an event with Kamala. Jesse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know. It was all for this lynching thing. She was going to cover everything. This is where we need them to be strung up for everyone to see. This is where we need to put it out. Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, all in there. What? we need is these phone records unredacted. We want to know who he was talking to. Who was he talking to before he sent that fake letter to himself like a serial killer that went to Empire Studios. I mean, you know what? Roseanne made a bad, tasteful, someone say joke uh, when it was 100% on point. Everyone was super offended. But here is one man and a whole mainstream media and politicians and actors and actresses and late night show hosts that attacked and created division. 65 million people and they get away with it? Oh, no. How is it that he is not fired? Roseanne was fired instantly. The show was canceled instantly. And yet he is on there? Who's watching Empire? I'm not. I will never watch a show that supports this type of behavior. That will not remove the care. I don't care what contract he has. He embarrassed them. Fox, where are you? Why do you still have him on pay? He had help. 
Interesting, huh? Interesting how a hate crime against over 65 million Americans was committed and it's just disorderly conduct. What? Did you hear them? They interviewed hundreds of witnesses, issued tons of subpoenas. That's tax money Chicago doesn't have. Remember, in Illinois, if you win a lottery ticket, you get an IOU. You get no money. That's how broke they are. And you know, uh, there's like this thing going around where there's a petition to sell Montana to Canada for like, you know, a trillion dollars to help us with our deficit or something. Um, first of all, uh, all this debt that we're accumulating is going to be erased after 2020. That is the plan. So that's one. Two, why Montana? It is an amazing state. Uh, it produces amazing people like Ben Garrison. You know, uh, it is an amazing state. If we want to get rid of a state, I'd say take Chicago. They've got so much debt they can't even pay out lottery winnings. And, you know, they'll do better in Canada. Their property taxes are so high. Nobody wants to live there anymore. I mean, it's insane. Illinois is insane. So they could take that. I just wanted to throw that in there because I love Montana. Um, you know, a log cabin on a large piece of land. Are you kidding? So here's where we see orchestrated attacks by the mainstream media against the people of the United States. This is what Comey was inferring in his tweet. Weave that fabric. That, that We need to create new connections, make it strong, and silence them asphyxiate them all 65 million but it's not going to happen Comey it's not going to happen Don Lemon I don't care how many glasses you put on you look like a tool you are a tool and you know guys if you listen to some of the stuff he proceeds to say after it hold on let me just play a little bit of it story a lot of people were reasonably skeptical about Jesse's story some of the details just didn't seem to make sense. And as we always say around here, facts first. But the facts but raised a it. lot of questions. Police told CNN that authorities had video of Smollett entering the Lowe's Chicago after the alleged attack. And he still had what appeared to be a noose around his neck. Police spokesman Anthony Gugliani said that Smollett told detectives that the two men who he said attacked him yelled empire and a slur against gay people and empire inward. And then there's the letter on January 22nd, a week Ooh, before the alleged attack, to Director Mo- that's what up appears to, Mr. to be Mueller. a threatening letter containing a white powder was received at Cinespace Studios in Chicago. That's where Empire is filmed. CNN has obtained a copy of that letter last week shared by a person close to Jesse Smollett. It included a message apparently cut from magazine clippings and a stick figure drawing, which Jesse described to ABC News as a stick figure hanging from a tree which had a gun pointing towards it. The letter was addressed to Jesse, including and included MAGA on the outside of the envelope in place of the return address. Authorities determined the powder was aspirin, but declined to give details on the content of the letter and said the FBI was leading the investigation into it. The F- okay, I'm That's ahead not cool. to another part. He squandered the goodwill of very high-profile people who may one day be running this country like Kamala Harris and Cory Booker <laughs> and people like President Trump. 
actually about Jesse Smollett, if you heard about that story, the actor from Empire who was allegedly attacked with racist and homophobic. Um, that I can tell you is horrible. I've seen it uh, last night. I think that's horrible. Uh, it doesn't get worse as far as I'm concerned. Like I said, there were questions about Jesse's story from the very beginning, questions he still needs to questions answer. Questions that CNN never Innocent asked. until proven guilty, but a whole lot of people want to hear from him. What happened, Jesse? <laughs> Nick Watt is live with us from Chicago. Nick, you can fill us in on what's going on right now. Good evening to you. A huge turn of events tonight. Tell us about the charges against Justice Smollett. Well, Dom, yes, indeed. The last few hours have been a roller coaster. Now, we are standing outside this police station because the police hope that Jesse Smollett will turn himself in. They actually don't know where he is right now, but they would like him to turn himself in. There's a bond hearing that we expect to happen tomorrow, about 1.30 central time. Now, the charges against him, felony, class four, disorderly conduct for filing a false police report. Now, the sentencing guidelines for that, although it's a little bit too early to be talking in those terms, the guidelines are one to three years in prison or a fine. But as I say, we are very early. And Jesse Smollett's lawyers reached out to us tonight and they are still protesting his innocence, pointing to holes in the case, saying that they will mount a thorough defense. Okay, so that's it on Jesse Smollett. We're not going to talk about him again because we all know that this was just orchestrated what? For what? In order to pass this lynching bill that Kamala Harris and Cory Booker pushed because they want to make our speech even more watered down on what we're able to do. You know, they want to use lynching. They, they, you know, in the end, if you see a dude in a skirt and you're like, hey, man, where are you going? You know, that's going to be <laughs> modern form lynching. Or if you tell someone, hey, uh, you know, you can't come around, you know, this place looking like that with a brawn when, you know, you have your chest hairs out and you're a dude, it's, it, it's a family setting, that'll be considered lynching. This was all orchestrated to remove our rights to free speech and to make it so and someone will be like but this was you know what if there's a hate crime well it minimizes it and if you actually watch don lemon if you watch cnn they're actually upset that it didn't happen they're actually sad that it didn't pan through and um I tweeted a picture yesterday, and Dr. Um, Ralph Scott actually tweeted it where it shows Jesse Smollett in striped jumpsuit with Bill Cosby cutting his hair in jail. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. It's hilarious. Um, I just retweeted it again earlier today. So um, on the next half hour, I'm going to talk about stuff we need to know that's upcoming. Uh, we'll touch on Barr. We'll touch on North Korea. Um, and we'll touch on uh, Corey, Kamala, and Yang again and what is really uh, going on in the background. And also talk about this dossier, fake outrage much. We all knew there were three. Now they're saying there's a second one. There were three. I'll see you all in a few right after this short break.
Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the second hour of the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. Um, remember, uh, in the previous hour, I actually mentioned Montana and Ben Garrison. Well, I just noticed that on Twitter, um, he's having a problem after, um, you know, for a few days now. He just put out a new graphic about Adam Schiff. It is hilarious. I'll tweet it out at some point. Um, it is actually very hilarious. And for some reason, Twitter is censoring his um, his posts. Could it be because he put the Q emergency on top? Because like I said yesterday, uh, even though he was uh, called out on the Q board for, you know, putting the Q in the emergency thing in his, he has done this before. Ben, over a year ago, I remember on Facebook, I was like, Ben, I see what you did. <laughs> you Q. And he had a noose. Um in the middle of some a graphic with a lot of stairs that was made out of, it was a rope of a queue. So um, it seems like there's a full out uh, issue here. It's pretty incredible. Um, you know, before we start talking about the dossiers, the three dossiers, because there's three, not two, and I hate seeing people that already knew that there are three or they're not paying attention, which are trying to drive conversations or make new content out of things that we already know. It's very frustrating to see that because we get enough, enough disinformation from the left to have the people on the right, or I would say patriots or, you know, fake ones, uh, do it. Because we have a lot of fake patriots and, you know, they have a role to play, kind of like Levin. I mean, why else would McCabe go to his show? I mean, this is, you need to pay attention to detail. Remember, small changes, small details over time yield huge results. So before we get into that, I wanted to talk about Ocasio. So a couple of days ago, I had the conversation in regards to how Ocasio pretty much ran unopposed uh, by the GOP in New York. I had a couple of people call in from uh, New York. Actually, one person called in. Other people texted. Other people communicated with me through Twitter because uh, my DMs are always open, even if I don't follow um, people. And um, and it's not because I don't want to follow people. It's just because I get tons of messages anyway so if I follow they just come up to the top and then I miss everybody's because you guys have no idea how many messages I have I have actually told friends that are on Twitter not to follow me so I'm still incognito you know what I mean um and this is like verified people right not um just us regular regular folk with no blue check marks but anyway I wanted to point something out so if you guys remember during this whole election schmiel period, you know, where Pelosi was like, I'm going to be house again. And this is so awesome. There was this dude that was eyeing it because it was the logical person to succeed her. 
right? He was the logical person to succeed her. He's younger. He's got more spunk, you know, Crowley, right? From Queens. Um, you know, he was running against Ocasio. This is how Ocasio got played and it's all coming out. You know, her boyfriend being hired, money coming in, Showtime show money, Netflix deals, all this stuff chasing away supposedly Amazon. She's fine with taking that heat. She thinks she won there, but I'm telling you, Amazon knows something and that's why they pulled out. It's not about what, you know, Ocasio said and... Let's be fair. Let's be fair. I'm going to play you a clip of what she said. And I'm going to tell you, I agree with what she says 100%. Pretty stellar statement. And I'll tell you why. So let's just listen to this one minute clip of Ocasio talking about Amazon and how she was really proud of what she did, even though she didn't do it, really. Um, And why it makes sense, what she's saying. And I'll give you an example of it so you understand. Because... I know she sounds crazy to some people, but what she said is something that plagues multiple cities nationwide, and specifically, it plagues my city. It's called bribing companies to do business in your city. Here we go. Let's play this. Reaction to the Amazon decision. I think it's incredible. I mean, it shows that everyday Americans still have the power to organize and fight for their communities and they can have more say in this country than the richest man in the world. What do you say to those that um, criticize them pulling out that you know the district now is going to lose 25,000 jobs that could have come there? Well one of those things is A, we were subsidizing those jobs. So for the, the city was paying for those jobs. So frankly, if we were willing to give Amazon three, if we were will, willing to give away $3 billion for this deal, we could invest those $3 billion in our district ourselves if we wanted to. We could hire out more teachers. We can fix our subways. We can put a lot of people to work for that money if we wanted to. Um, additionally, those jobs, there was no guarantee that those jobs were for the New Yorkers that were here. Uh, we were looking at, at a deal that was not primarily putting the community first. And I think that we can absolutely come together to create an economic plan that actually invests in New Yorkers, in higher wages, and in a dignified life. So what she said is right. What they did was they paid, they were paying $3 billion to Amazon to bring these jobs right? That's what basically happened. They were paying Amazon $3 billion to come in New York to create 25,000 jobs. And this happens all the time. Like in the state of North Dakota, nobody wants to come here because it's cold. And it's not that. There's tons of people that would come here. It's just that it's not favorable. So they literally bribe companies to come here, hang out for a couple years, And then they leave. (laughs) That's basically what happens. So she got credit for that when we all know something else happened. But what she said has full merit. 
what's the point of paying a company $3 billion when we can spend it on something now because we need it now, not in the future, as opposed to, you know, uh, paying them $3 billion, which in, in essence, in the end, would, you know, pay itself after 10 years, right? That $3 billion would pay itself because people would be buying healthcare, they would be getting off of food stamps, people would have jobs, you know, the economy would be, you know, injected. So it's either short term or long term. She chose short term because her ideas are, let's get everyone free food, free housing, free education, free money. So she needs all the money she can right now. Um, so her, her, her thought process behind it is dumb. Um, and considering that they have a bunch of illegals, they need the money right now. So for her, that made sense. But what she said about bribing companies happens nationwide with these corrupt states. They use our tax money to pay people to come and open up businesses in our states. And then they take these sweetheart deals of no taxes for five years. And then they're like, all right, we're gone. Bye. You know, and it's like, okay, we just had, you know, look at what we did. Two and a half thousand jobs and we paid them to come here. Isn't it awesome? And then five years later, it's like zero jobs. So what she said was right. But here's the deal. So everybody knew that Joe was going to take the position of Pelosi. And you know what? What Pelosi wants is what Pelosi gets. She's like super rich. She owns a lot of companies, has a lot of controlling stock and visa. And she says what goes. So she sees Ocasio and she's like, okay, let's get this dumb twit into into the house so joe doesn't have any standing because he is the only threat i have he's younger he should succeed me everybody agrees i need to be speaker of the house end of story he needs to be out so the dnc threw all their weight getting this nut job that has no idea what she's doing she's just she literally probably has sticky notes on her arms or she writes stuff on with pen on her hands to talk because she doesn't know what she's saying you know she has no idea. So they allowed her to hire her boyfriend, to get him on the payroll, to do all this stuff. Caught her lying, saying, oh, he just has an email because he checks my calendar. First of all, not your spouse. Second, let's see what the ethics commission has to say about it. And she's on her way out. So she served her purpose. Ocasio served her purpose and she is going out. If Pelosi doesn't want you, you're not staying because she owns the Democrats. She is now their speaker. She is the orchestrator. She's the one that put together the plane to go with families and, you know, all these people, you know, overseas so they can collude because, you know, our president was going to Vietnam. She had to go check the poppy field. We know how that goes. So remember, Ocasio is on thin ice right now because the Republicans are going after it and they're kind of like, nope, this is an ethics violation. Your boyfriend is not staff. You can't hire a boyfriend. He was volunteering here. He was doing this. He's getting money. He has an email account. He's actually part of the staff. This can't happen. So it's a big deal. And Pelosi's, you know, if she wanted to stop it, she would have stopped it, but she's not. It's because nobody wants Ocasio in there. She was just there to do what Pelosi wanted, and that was eliminate her competition. So that's done. So we might see some special elections in New York for a new congressperson. That'll be fun. So now let's get to this dossier stuff. So dossiers. 
How many were there? Was it one, two, three? It was three. Peter Strzok said there were three. One was given to him by Bruce Orr, which was collated by uh, Nelly Orr. Nelly's, or, Nelly Orr's dossier was different than the one that Glenn Simpson had and the one that the FBI manufactured. Um, so Glenn Simpson's and um, Peter Strzok's, because, you know, they, they put theirs... They aligned. They were in tangent. The one that Bruce Orr had that his wife created, so his wife made it and gave it to him, and he gave it to them, was completely different. It had other stuff in it. Stuff that she got, like I reported to you, from the Russian national at the U.S. Embassy in Russia that we found was spying, right? That one. So Nellie created her own because Nellie was stealthy, you know? So she created her own and it was a little bit different. Now this is coming to light. No, it's been in the light, in the limelight. It's been talked about many, many times. Peter Strzok talked about it when he was testifying. You know, all of them, Comey talked about it. So why this new wave of fake outrage from the right? Why is everyone saying, oh, this secret dossier from Bruce Orr? We knew about it. This is how we implicated Bruce Orr. This is how we found him because his wife created it. So why are we talking about it now? Just to create the news. Why? People can't be patient. We don't have enough to talk about. Leave that alone. Let Barr do what he's supposed to do and then exit. Our president is going to Vietnam next week and next week the Mueller investigation is done. But obviously, you know, we've got, you know, the Southern District of New York where their attorney general... I don't know how she was elected. I don't know how anyone in New York, like I complained and they told me, well, I don't reside in New York. Besides the fact that I'm, I was born and bred there. I can't really file a complaint because I'm not now resident there. She said on her campaign that her ultimate mission will be to give a thorough colonoscopy to everyone in the Trump family from all his businesses, starting from day one, his children, everything like What's so she admitted that she's going to use her office, right? Her authority to probe it. Well, in America, we don't investigate people, we investigate crimes. Attorney generals do this all the time to political opposition, all the time. And it's about time that they pay the pipe because I want to see. How they start these investigations into the Trump family. Did you start because you started probing and asking and writing secret administrative subpoenas? Or did you actually have proof of a crime first? Because see, the thing is, Southern District, New York, Eastern District, all of them, they're all well networked. But we have to remember, our president, that's his stomping ground. Regardless of how blue New York shines with the fake voting, people love Donald Trump. I, as a child, adored him for fixing my skating rink. And people knew, well, he made money. Yeah, he did. But he got it done faster, quicker, and better. And it was great because I got to ice skate. He did that. Not the city that was bleeding money and giving their friends contracts. Known story around the nation. You know how these families work. 
So we need to be louder. We need to hold them accountable. And as citizen journalists, or if you want to call yourself mainstream journalist, you need to ask the right questions. What crime led you to this investigation? What evidence? Show me your victim. Show me the monetary loss. Show me the crime. Because you cannot probe anybody's life ever. Because, oh, the law says I can do that. Uh, The law says you can do that. As long as there's a crime that you, you were reported to by the victim or a monetary loss that was reported to you by a victim. If there is no loss, there is no crime, then you cannot investigate. I don't care what a statute says, AG of New York and other AGs. That's the way the law works. It's something called the Constitution. We still have that, don't we? We still do. Pretty incredible, huh? And you know, a lot of people jump on this bandwagon. Oh, you killed our jobs. And you know, no, no. She had nothing to do with it. It was all a facade. All a facade. People claiming, yeah, it would have been great that they had jobs. Yeah, it would have been great. The subsidies, they happen all the time. You bribe people to come to your city. Happens nationwide. This isn't something new. But for someone to say, look at that billboard, they're like sticking it to her. (laughs) No, it's just there. I want to see who paid for that billboard. You're going to say it's job creation networks. Guys, it was going to create jobs. And in long term, that $3 billion would have come back as long as there was a good contract in place telling them they can't leave after so-and-so, right? But Amazon is not going to advertise, train, and hire and pull out last minute because Ocasio said so. Remember, they own all the cloud services of our intelligence agencies. I don't care how professional you think they are. They are using everything. They're the ones that are open about the fact that any Amazon device you use, they provide all that information to the CIA and the FBI. People are using Alexa, Echoes, are not getting it. They are part of the intelligence community. I wrote an article a while back on big league politics. If you just like go into DuckDuckGo and put big league politics, Tory Lindemann and big tech, you'll see that all these tech companies are not really private companies, not even Twitter. Twitter was funded by DARPA to see how they can inject themselves and put sock puppets into our conversations to change our views and our thoughts. Sock puppets are what we call bots these days. They were paid by DARPA to do this. Facebook is the primary source that the FBI collects for their citizen log. Like I've been reporting on this constantly, constantly, constantly. Constantly, police, state, hello, these agencies, intelligence community, these are elements of the intelligence community. The sooner you realize that, the faster things make sense. Twitter is not just a private company. It's contracted with the FBI and the CIA. Amazon is, you already know they're contracted because if you go onto the Senate site and you want to pull a letter that someone wrote somewhere, it's going to say Amazon at the top while it's directing you to the page. 
Google, same thing. But the reason they didn't get the contract is because they had a contract with China. And, you know, even though we were friends with China, in the future, when this new world order would have come, they would be enemies and we would use all that information that Google created for them and housed for us. So keep in mind, Amazon didn't leave because of Ocasio, okay, period. No one's going to leave. If you're a company that's getting a $3 billion subsidy and you have, you know, employees on tap, there's no way you leave unless something else is up. Something else is up that we don't know about. Something is happening in New York. And for me, that's nefarious and scary, period. Now, the same thing goes for this dossier, Fusion GPS. I had said how Hurricane Electric was this crossfire hurricane because if you look at DNS, the servers, let's just say the servers of .gov in states and in countries like gov.uk, they all share servers. So they don't even have to email each other. They can. It's like BitTorrent. They take files from each other. This is how Five Eyes works. So you can't really trace who's giving what, right? This dossier, though, is funny because Nellie Hoare literally created it and just handed it over to her husband. Super weird. And they like look like a super odd couple, kind of like it's like a made-up couple. You know, like those people that, you know, when they're – okay, let's – let me not expose too much on that. Um – have you seen the movie where, you know, they send people into a country to infiltrate and they just pretend they're a husband and wife and they put them there and, you know, they look really weird. First, they always mesh, right? They always look like a real couple. Well, this is kind of one of those un- <laughs> one of those weird pairings. But anyway, that's all I wanted to say on that. And take that and run with it if you like. So Nellie Orr handed this over to Bruce Orr, who Bruce Orr gave it to McCabe. Okay? McCabe, Strzok, and they compared it. They talked about it. Comey knew about it. You know, they knew that these were manufactured. They knew where they got them from. And obviously, they don't really talk about it much. Why? Because then it shows that they knew where the funding came. Because, again, remember, the FISA courts... They don't hear the other side of the story. It's all about affidavits. It's all about what they have. It's only one side of the argument. It's kind of like those electronic warrants. Ah, speaking about that, we should talk about that. And on Tuesday, I'm going to have Raheem uh, Williams on my show where we're going to talk guns. We're going to talk Second Amendment. Um, I'm actually in the middle of writing a piece, uh, Red Flag Laws. It's pretty insane. You know, I've been talking about HR8, but... Where I want to go with this is you know that the FISA court is kind of like this. Red flag laws, for for example, and I'm giving you just a little insight here. In my state, they were trying to push a red flag law where, where let's pretend you and I went to a bar and we started yelling at each other, pulling each other's hair, you know, because we're drunk and stupid. And then we go home and then the police knock on your door and they're like, hey, you got in a fight with, you know, X, Y, Z. So, um, you know, I think you're a danger and you're off your face. You've had like 20 million drinks. You're completely drunk and you're like, uh, you know, and there's the police officer electronically getting a warrant signed by a judge to confiscate every single gun in that house. 
and you can't do diddly squat because he believes at your state right now, you are a danger to other people and yourself, even though you're in pajamas, you're, you're, you're throwing up, you're just drunk and you and your best buddy just had it out and they confiscate it. And then after 14 days, you go to court you see a judge and he's like, okay, we'll visit again in a year. And then you have to prove, prove, you have to prove that you're not a threat. So that means you have to go and pay a doctor to say that you're mentally stable. You have to go pay someone to evaluate you, put their name on it and say, well, you know, they went out for a birthday party and got smashed. It was a one-time event. This is dangerous. But this is what the FISA court does. They're like, just let us peek into everything. We want a probe. We want warrants. We want this because we're the FBI. We've been doing this for like how many years? Trust us. Blind trust in law enforcement. Look at me. I'm the fourth branch of government. Listen to what I have to do. Look at all these affidavits. Even Loretta Lynch signed it. Peter Strzok signed it. Look, the secretary of state signed it. Look at all these big names that signed it. That's what happened. So the FISA court judge never saw, was never presented details of, hey, where'd you get this dossier? Yeah, we had this dossier, but look at what Yahoo News said. Oh, look at what CNN said. Look at what NBC said. You mean, look at what your other agencies said. Because CNN, NBC, WAPO, all of them, according to the NDAA of the 2016, 2016 Act that Obama had signed and has been happening, are an extension of our intelligence community and have PR contracts. So McCabe even made mention on it on his 60 minutes interview that he had gotten it okayed with the media leaking department, the PR media people that he could give the media this information. This is incredible. Think about it. Why is it coming out now? I don't know. It makes no sense. Nobody cares right now. Because when it's declassified, that's when we care. And I also wrote, when the FISA warrant gets declassified, look it up on Big League Politics. When the FISA warrant gets declassified, what will you see? I've put all four of those warrants, the, the initial one and the three renewals. There is everything you need to see on that article. I'll probably retweet it out during the break. I'll see you all in a few. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, Hey, try this. Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone 
and call right now. 855 700 2978 Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world is mypillow.com Okay, welcome back for the last half hour of the Tory Sess Show. Um, I already tweeted out that article that says, you know, what you're going to see um, in the um, FISA D class, what to expect. You know, I detail how there's an additional 13 pages in January. That's because, you know, Strzok, Page, Brennan, Gina Haspel, all of them met at Costa Coffee right around the corner from GHCQ and the Corinthia Hotel uh, back in 2016. This is where they just beefed up their documentation. And this is why it was more elaborate. And there were an additional 13 pages because they went there and created it to bring it back. So it's really interesting. Uh, you know, in December of 2016, um, you know, after they got back, uh, President Obama signed uh, a new executive order. Uh, there were more issues in regards to the a abuse of upstream uh, capture of communications with uh, the fifth judge of Colli- you know, Judge Collier that approved the first FISA warrant. And on a separate matter, she was concerned about withholding communications. So they had a little bit of heat in December of 2016 where the intelligence community had to come clean and state why they were still listening in on private citizens with no warrants and they were claiming that there were glitches in their algorithms or human error that extended all the way over to 2017. So anyway, so on that note, we already know that there was another secret dossier. They talked about it. So the question you should ask yourself is why are people talking about it now? You know, we've been talking about it since it first came out. We knew about it in 2017. We knew about it in 2018. Why are people talking about it now? Like, it's like, oh, there's like a secret one from Bruce. And it's like, um, what are you talking about? We already knew that. Peter Strzok talked about it. Comey talked about it. Like, come on. 
So pay attention, watch who you follow, watch the news, pay attention to what people are saying. Oh, you know, yesterday that, that, um, billboard of Ocasio, I thought it was fake because, uh, actually red state advertises Scott Adams and myself on the same billboard. So it's like, but it's white that looks fake, but it was indeed true because we're on that same billboard. So it was like, that can't be real, but it was. And so that was pretty interesting, you know, that they took it to that level, you know, that they took it out to the level of putting it out so they can get a response and supposedly reinforce the fact that she did it when she didn't. We all know, Jeff, we all know the, the people that need to know, know at least, and my listeners know. So, um, we talked about Pelosi. We talked about the dossier. Now let's just talk about what we're expecting to happen. So um, we see that there's a lot going on in regards to uh, the border. That's getting built swiftly. The Democrats have gone silent in regards to talking about it. Now they're focused on mitigating the fact that Mueller is a nothing burger because it's coming out next week while our president is away. It's like he set the nation on fire and walks away (laughs) and leaves bar to fan the flames, which is funny. And you know, I was always like, Rod needs to go. Rod is getting fired. And it was so close, but you know what? The president didn't fire him and he's a genius. He brought in Barr, so Barr can pick his own DAG, and then that way Trump didn't fire him. Nope, he didn't. William Barr said, I want this guy. I want Rosen on my team. So sorry, Rod, you got to go. But guess what? You get pension and stuff because you played. Thank you for playing. Consolation prize is that you're retired and you get benefits, unlike McCabe, who really pulled that trigger and you flipped on him so you saved your skin because that's exactly what happened. So President Trump never fires anyone he doesn't want to fire or that he doesn't have as a replacement. So I was talking with Scott before my show and, you know, he said, it's pretty interesting. You put all these people in there. They've already seen all the documents. We're talking from intelligence community down to the FBI, to the Mueller investigation. Whitaker's already had eyes on all of this stuff. And, you know, I'm going to say, because I know how they work, that there may be things that they've concealed from Whitaker himself. Um, And I think Whitaker knows that too. And there are people within the Mueller investigation that are eyes, um, that are patriotic eyes. So that makes me feel comfortable. So um, now you bring Bill Barr, who's got a long history with Mueller, um, who come from this, you know, they're cut from the same cloth to supposedly shut this investigation down and get it going. Now, remember, I had said that if he was to come in, You know, it would be in February. I'm totally against him coming in, uh, but every clown has to serve their purpose. And for me, uh, the purpose now that I see that President Trump pulled the trigger on getting Barr in now and removing Rod now is General Flynn. I mean, General Flynn is an amazing human being and his sentencing is coming up. So I want to see how... This Mueller, rep- you know, Mueller report done and closed 
and then we get OIG slash Huber coming out, how that'll affect the sentencing. Because I'm kind of going to go out on the limb here, and I'm thinking that they might actually delay the sentencing due to new findings. And that'll be really, really interesting. Due to new findings. I mean, bottom line is, if he gets sentenced, the president's just going to pardon him, and I'm fine with that. But I don't want that. He should not be tainted. He was already tainted by the Obama administration. I can't even imagine that day that he was force retired, how Clapper and Brennan were gleefully clapping and saying, we got him out. Those of you that know about that know exactly how I feel about it, and you probably feel the same. And he had to swallow that really tough pill right there looking at them, the people that literally removed him because he said it's wrong. So for me, it's more of a thing of I don't want to see him go through something like this again. So this Mueller investigating, investigation being uh, coming to an end uh, next week and then – we should have the OIG come forward, then Huber is going to be interesting because we have General Flynn's sentencing coming up around the first fortnight of March. So it seems as if the timelines are falling into place correctly to further get people's pants pulled down. So the only thing right now that I foresee is that next week we're going to have New York come up with some crazy charges against the Trump businesses or his children, the Trump organization, something. And this is going to be pulling on the trigger because the Mueller investigation is a nothing burger. And they're going to insist that our president had something to do with it. There's no way he's not guilty. So the Southern District of New York, that attorney general in New York, has started probing our president, which you know what's interesting is that he already knows what they're probing. So he already knows that it's coming. And we need to get them on process and abuse of office. That is where we need to focus. We can use the public comments made that this is literally presidential harassment. We need to introduce a possible bill for that presidential harassment. I mean, we can't have people in office misusing their office for intimidation or harassment, right? Supposedly. I mean, it takes forever for any citizen to actually get, um, you know, get some peace when that happens to them. But it, it, it can happen as long as they don't bleed you dry of money. It can happen. So it'll be interesting that next week I'm expecting them, if not Friday, to drop something. Now, um, in regards to our president going to Hanoi, it's interesting that they picked Vietnam. You know, I would have liked to see it. Uh, you know, back in China or even South Korea rather than Vietnam. But um, Vietnam for me is a big deal because uh, like I said, you know, McCain before his time was up, that turncoat trader McCain, the last trip he took was to Hanoi before his death. So um, 
well, it was New Zealand and then Hanoi. So he was super deadly sick and then died a few months later, but he had gone there. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of information our people in Vietnam have collected and what information our president is going to come back with from Hanoi. It's going to be really interesting. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, the Far East uh, joining together. I mean, I know it's dangerous because these people have a long-standing history, ancient history, bonds. But it's great to see people get along. And it's great to see people that have such long history. It's like, you know, when you were like best friends with someone and then, you know, some, some girl came in between and then these two guys don't talk to each other because of some crush when the girl was like, you know, when they were 15 and then they re you know, they meet again at 30 and they're just like, they pick up where, where they left off. You know, like, why did we fight? That was so dumb. We could have been friends all this time. This is how I feel for myself, how I'm reading the whole Asia situation. And, you know, it kind of brings a little tear to my eye that our president actually succeeded in doing this because these people have been oppressed just like we are. Uh, we are the oppressors. We have been the oppressors along with the European Union and other globalist um, Western, um, you know, modernized civilizations. So, um, I'm, I'm really proud of what our president has done. He's helping the world heal, not just us. And, you know, taking the initiative to decriminalize LGBTQ worldwide is pretty cool. Um, but, oh yeah, I wanted to say. So there's a lot of like pages, conservative pages, centrist pages, liberal. And when I say it's libertarian, right, pages that I follow on Facebook, um, you know, handles on Twitter and Gab. Um, I saw one from one that I really go to, you know, to see about stuff about pedophilia and stuff like that because um, they're really active on putting out cases like that. And But they posted an article where, you know, they were saying how, you know, Putin's going to nuke us or if we don't do this and that. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Our MAGA movement has been infiltrated. Well, we all know that already. But that shocked me. Like, why would they be putting that type of propaganda? See, our president would tell us in his tweets when there's problems with certain leaders. Like, he's told us about Merkel when he was having it with Kim, when he was having it with President Xi, you know, uh, Prime Minister Abby, you know, all of them, he talks about it. So it's imperative that we focus on what he says and don't be careful who you follow. You know, even what I tell you, just check it, look at it, you know, um, understand it, parse it, you know, duck, duck, go it, verify it. Don't just take my word for it, you know? And that's something I have to do too, because these were my go-to. I'd be like, Oh, look at this. And so I did a little bit of digging in a lot of the stuff there and I'm not going to put them on the horn yet. Um, was really alarming. And so it was like um, anti, you know, Russia, anti-China thing. Um, kind of like I'm seeing a lot of people going anti-Jew and it's like, let's not be anti-anything. Let's focus on being pro-America. You know what Gandhi said? If you run rallies that where you're saying, uh, anti-war, anti-war, you put more negative energy because you're negatively fighting something. But if you say pro-America, pro-America, pro instead of anti-this, anti-that, it's more of a positive um, environment. So um, 
I'd like us to all focus on that um, as people because I have to catch myself doing it too um, of not, uh, you know, putting that in there. You know what I'm saying? As not uh, putting it out there in that negativity, I would say. So um, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's very interesting. Uh, so I have a question from someone and it's not really working for me. Hold on. Let's pull it up. Sorry about that delay. So someone wanted to ask me about, um, oh, okay, Jesse Smollett um, and his relationship with Obama, Kamala, uh, Cory Booker, Schiff, Maxine Waters. Uh, like I said earlier, it was orchestrated by Don Lemon. He was one of the first people alerted. He was one of the first people that connected with everyone. He admitted that himself on TV saying he was in the hospital when, you know, a friend of Jesse's reached out to him. And then the friend said, oh, he's right here. You can talk to him. So it was Don Lemon, CNN, that orchestrated this. This is pure admission, guys. Those are the people that reached out to Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, you know, Maxine, crazy Maxine, all of them. Pelosi made it news because it was CNN that was first advised. And, you know, Don and Jesse have, from what I'm hearing from sources, and I can't verify this information um, completely, but they're very close. So, you know, Don always likes, you know, young, nice people. So what we need to focus on is the facts that are coming through. And I have a caller. Oh, okay. I just saw that. What we need to focus is facts coming through through our president's feed and Secretary Pompeo Bolton. They will tell us everything we need to know. Please stay alert because the false flags are coming. Um, caller, welcome to the Tory Sess Show. You can tell us where you're calling from in your name if you like. You don't have to. Uh, well, this is Chicagoland. Hi, how are you? I'm getting an echo. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. I just had, had an echo for a moment there. Okay, uh, real quick, uh, you're running out of time. I'd like you, that'd be great if you could pick up that story about uh, Smollett and his ties to uh, Harris and Obama and whatever, because I heard an uh, interesting little tidbit where they all met in Miami after this stuff, and they all hung out and celebrated with each other. But if you can pick up on that tomorrow, that'd be great. But for now, uh, earlier you are saying you are creating an article or uh, however about the red flag laws, and you gave us a little glimpse of how this is flowing and so on and so forth, and there's so much to talk about it because it's ridiculously getting out of control, especially when they want to introduce this on the federal level, the national level, which is a disgrace, especially under the DJT administration where he swore to protect the Second Amendment because once that Second Amendment is gone, guess what? There goes the first and everything else falls out of place. So here, here's primary for you, Tori, and if you don't do this, then your whole article falls to pieces. You need to go down to the origins where this red flag law begins, and that is February 14th, 2017. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, Parkland, Florida, Broward County, Sheriff Scott Israel, Attorney General Pam Bondi, and, of course, Governor Rick Scott. The very first press conference in reaction to the Stoneman Douglas uh, and Nicholas Cruz 
Sheriff Israel comes out in his very first press conference in reaction to this. He says, we need stronger Baker Act laws. Well, that stronger Baker Act law evolved into what they now call the Red Flag Law. Rick Scott signed this bill, then creates this Baker Act slash Red Flag Law. And then Seattle, Washington picks it up. It is now grossed in, what, 17 states, 18 North states? Dakota I'm not sure. Worst. I lost count at this point. Yeah, but, but that's where it all begins. If you don't, if you got to follow that origin, that's going to give you the history. Here's the thing: I but, completely agree with you because the FBI was actually involved in this in 2017, and they put out memorandums of understandings within states. And so now that it was going through my state's house, right, and they were talking about it, it failed, but it went through. Like I have video clips of local police saying how good it is because you know obviously they're going to say how good it is because if they know that they're walking into a situation where Nobody can be armed. They're fine with it. Do you see what I'm saying? But um, they have memorandums of understanding with the FBI. And I've been uh, hounding down the GAO. I've been uh, creating a FOIA, open records request, you name it, with various states that I know they have them because I was told that they're there and it is so slow. Like an MOU that I wanted from 2013 took me three and a half years to actually get. And that was indicating about collecting private identifying information of citizens. And Texas has that. There's like 15, 14 states within our nation that provide all your personal identifying information to the FBI to be housed in a database. Um, uh, Patrick Howley, who's the editor of Big League Politics, published the first article on that. And I did the second one, which is like 14 states and FBI exclusive Obama spygate documents. That's what it's called. And I have the actual FBI document that was actually... You know, um, the the state itself said that it never existed. They lied on an open records request. So they have memorandums of understanding, and that is their goal, to disarm every single American, coupled with the HR8 amendments where they want us to all be registered so that way they know where to knock on our doors. It's pretty huge. So Tuesday is going to be all about guns. I'm bringing Raheem in. He's going to talk about it. And this article I'm hoping to finish today, I started it yesterday because I want to put video clips so you guys can hear the police, the way they talk about it, and, and how they're like, oh, you know, we understand constitutional, but it's not really constitutional, right, if someone walks into your house and says, well, your neighbor said he heard shouting, so I'm getting a warrant from the judge to just remove every single gun from this house, and you know you can figure it out later. Or your ex-wife right. said so. Your ex-wife well, said... Can I bust in here real quick? Yeah, no, of course, go ahead. We're burning, burning the clock here. So, look, there's well-documented, and there's 19 instances well-documented in history that once they decide on the population, genocide comes and follows. There's 19 at minimum that are well documented. There probably is a lot more, but 19 that we can actually uh, verify. Where disarm the citizenry, disarm population, genocide follows. Okay, or mass killings, you name it. And we'll give an example of uh, Soviet Union, Russia, the Bolsheviks, and whatever. Over 66 million Orthodox Christian Russians died, 90,000 churches down. Now, they disarmed them in order to, to do this, okay? And then the instance at Mao, and instances after instances. And, of course, as you're mentioning registry, all the, the reason they want the registry, not to protect you, so they know exactly where, where to, go to go to get those yep. firearms. And that's what we're talking about, not guns. That's a bad term. Firearms, Everything, extension yeah. of your arm. 
Thank you, Tori. Thank you. So, no, and make sure Tuesday to tune in. I, I'll have the phone line open on the second half so you can ask Raheem questions. And I want to start this conversation because a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, mental health. Well, what about HIPAA? So now we're going to throw HIPAA out. Uh, you know, how do you know that the judge has appointed a psychologist that's not favorable to the police? Because this happens all the time. You know, we see it all the time. It's kind of like if you let the police officer come in after you've had an argument with your ex-wife who then just wants to get back at you and says, he's a danger. He threatened me. And they come in. You let them in. It's like CPS. And then you're fighting for your kids. Here, you're going to be fighting for your right to have your guns. You know, and you have the burden of proof is on you. This is insane. And the registry is just the tip of the iceberg. That's so they know exactly where to Fire, go. Firearms, Tori. Yeah. Firearms. Yeah. And here's a great example of the registry. Red Dawn 1 with Patrick Swayze, the original, when the original when the Russians invaded America and caught everybody by surprise. Where'd they go? They went to the local uh, firearm shops and they found the registries to who owned the weapons so they knew exactly where to go. Exactly, and that's, that's what they want. That's a great example right there. Yeah, that's exactly what they want. And um, seeing the debates uh, in the House um, and what the senators have been saying about it, I mean, this is a gun grab. And after you have Pelosi saying, well, when our candidate wins, which is going to be Yang, he'll declare a national emergency on you know your Second Amendment, boom, we're, we're disarmed. They're just going to come to your house and they'll have a national emergency warrant to just come in and take everything and turn your house upside down. So it is very scary. And red flag laws will allow, like, I have the details of the actual legislation and it says stuff like if you post something on social media and someone's offended. Like, this is like crazy stuff. I mean, this is 2019. You would never think we're in this position. And um, caller uh, from Chicago, I no, really it's all in their technocracy, mm-hmm. communism, takeover. Technocracy. Remember that term, Tori? Kleptocracy, too. Technocrats are behind this. Yeah, and the kleptocrats. I agree. And don't forget on Tuesday, please, I would love you to come on and talk with Raheem and me because I, I am an, uh, you know, I am a registered member of the NRA. I always had weapons. I got rid of them at some point. I just purchased some more. And that is a concern, you know, the, that they are threatening our rights as citizens. And, you know, President Trump already, you know, lost one with the bump stocks. You know, for me, I was a little bit upset that he did that. I don't know about you, but I was. Would you like to add anything else before I end my show? Well, here's, well, you know, this is going to be a negative connotation here, but you know what? The way I see it, uh, by the time 2020 election comes, we are not going to have uh, any uh, uh, Second Amendment left under the Trump administration. He's supposed to be defending it, but you know what? Step by step, they're taking away. But it's, it's more and more difficult not just to obtain a firearm, but to, 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 to keep it. You know, again, under this red flag box. So you watch this. It looks like it's going backwards. He says he's protecting it. He's all on a defender of it. But you know what? A lot of things are happening where it's going the opposite direction. And it doesn't appear he's doing anything about it. Now, unless he's got some big grand thing in the very end where, whoop, it's all gone. Poof, it's all gone. You watched it happen. Oh, you were scared. But look, I'm the savior of the day. It's all gone now. You have your, you have your God-given rights back. But the way it's going by 2020, we aren't going to have these protections anymore. Those bill, those bill of rights are going to be done. Well, thank you. I'm sorry for call- to say that, no, but no, that's no. the way it looks. Thank you, thank you very much for calling in. And I, I actually believe that there's a lot going on behind the scenes. He's been very vocal about the fact that these laws are not protecting law-abiding citizens, and they do not, you know, they don't take into account that criminals will just 
circumvent laws anyway. Thank you very much. From all of us here at Red State, uh, have a happy and health uh, and a healthy and blessed evening. And I'll see you guys all here uh, tomorrow, same time, 12 to 2 noon Eastern time. Have a great day. Town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in DC, but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.